What's up, guys? Welcome back to the RG7 Podcast, episode number four. Yes, guys, it has been two weeks since you guys have last heard from me. And honestly, the main reason is because there's been a lot of things going on in the country, and I've been really busy trying to keep up with everything that's been going on. And in all honesty, soccer sometimes, guys, is not the most important thing. There's a lot of more important things going on right now in the United States. So we've just been kind of paying attention a lot to that stuff. I'm not going to go too in-depth with that. But the second reason that you guys have not heard from us actually has to do with Anchor. And I hope they don't suspend us for saying this, but the app has been giving us a little bit of trouble. So um, basically, this is our second time trying to record episode number four. The first time we tried to record it, we were about 15 minutes into the podcast and my voice just cut out. So all the guys in the podcast were trying to get a trying to get a hold of me, asking me if they could hear me and all this stuff. Um, so that's basically the other reason. We have a plan moving forward, and the plan moving forward is that we want to create a new podcast in replace of the RG7 podcast. And it's kind of gonna be based off the same principles, talking about soccer, talking about soccer in the United States, talking about the Premier League a little bit, but I do want to have a little bit more guests on it and things like that. So it's still in process, guys. Don't worry. But we're trying to work on that. So this will actually be the last episode of the RG7 podcast for a while. So don't hold it against me. But we're trying to create more content for you guys. Trying to improve as podcasters. Podcaster. I don't know if that's a word. Podcast. Whatever. It doesn't matter, guys. So anyway, you might have noticed that today I don't have my right-hand man, Bubba, with me today. There's not really a real reason for it. Just because of who my guest is, which I will get to in a second, but yes, guys, Bubba will be back, don't worry, don't worry, don't freak out, I know you guys love him, he loves you guys too, he told me, he just texted me just now, but anyway, so my guest today is a DCFC player, but no, it's not a DCFC player in the men's team, it is a DCFC players on our brand new UWS women's side, And they've been working really hard on signing a lot of players through this pandemic. It's been pretty hard. It's probably been harder for them than it has for us, you know, because uh, they they haven't even had a training session or or a game or nothing. And they have to sign all these players hoping that, you know, the season pans out. So we'll get more in depth with that. But yes, my guest today is Sydney Bloomquest from Baltimore. Uh, She played for the University of Akron and she's played professionally in Europe. But I'm not going to spoil the rest of the podcast because that's basically the whole point of today. So why don't we just jump right into it? Let's go. Welcome back, guys. We have our guest for the day here, Sydney Bloomquist, player for the new Detroit City women's team. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, um, the club contacted me about having you on, and right away I was like, yeah, let's do it. Because um, I think what you guys are doing is so exciting. We we always have a lot of, you know, girls at our games and things like that. And I think it will be really good to have, you know, a women's team so that, um, all those like young girls that are trying to, you know, be in your guys' shoes someday have people to look up to. So I think it's really cool you guys are doing. And it is obviously a bit unfortunate that you guys haven't started up um, when I think you guys wanted to, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we have a set date yet, but hopefully we'll, we'll know soon. Yeah, hopefully soon, because I think everyone's pretty excited to see how this all works out. So so tell us a bit about, you know, your first memories of soccer. Um, where did it all start for you? Yeah, so um, I'm from Bel Air, Maryland. It's actually not too far from Baltimore, but it okay. all started when um, I was about five years old and my parents just put me in one of the local rec leagues. Um, I was on the purple team, and honestly, my first memory was just 
having to wear the shin guards like yeah just like those massive shin guards those dinosaur shin guards (laughs) yeah with the ankle pads that just like consumed your whole leg like i honestly i don't think i ran much my first year (laughs) just solely i remember those yeah solely because i was just weighed down by by the shin guards um but i want to say like a year or two after that is when it started to pick up and i was starting to get into the game a little bit more and scoring goals and then after that, things just really took off, you know, into the club level, ODP and stuff like that. So No, absolutely. I think a lot of, you know, soccer players kind of started off in the same kind of, you know, rec leagues and where like your team, like there's a yellow team, like a blue team, a red team. Yep. And that's really it. And then, you know, the players who really love it kind of stick out through it. So mm-hmm. absolutely. So that's pretty cool. And so what what club did you play for back at home? Uh, is there like a club in Bal- the Baltimore area that kind of like, you know, reached out to or something like that to yeah, to so, get you, you know, the next level. So, so I kind of jumped around um, yeah. at the youth level. I started off with, like, the Baltimore Bays, which was, like, the, the club at the time. Then I moved to Bethesda, um, which has also been, you know, a top club throughout the yeah. years. And then I ended up with uh, Free State, which is now called Maryland United. And I would say that's one of the best clubs in in the maryland area for sure and then so so you played for you played club and you eventually chose to go to akron well actually no so i started out at the university of louisville for my first oh yeah so i didn't really have the typical college experience or what you would expect from a player who who's made it to the pros i guess yeah um yeah so i started off at Louisville was there for my freshman and sophomore year and wasn't really getting the time that I wanted like I just I wasn't seeing the field that's just facts um so I decided you know I need to to make a change I want to get field time I love this game so I ended up transferring to Akron and was there for my last two my last two years my uh junior and senior year you know, I that's a really hard jump to make because you know I made a very similar jump in my career. You know, I, I was at I was at um, a school called Saginaw Valley for a while, and things you know were fine for a bit, and then things didn't really work out so much. So I had to make a change as well. But it's kind of it's kind of interesting because some players that might not be playing so much are like might not really like not playing, but mm-hmm. it's the players that are really committed that make that jump. You know, because it's hard to switch schools and. And things like that, but it, it it all has to do with you know how much love you have for the game yeah. and how much you really want to play because some players might stick it out the four years and just not play. Yeah, absolutely. And like you know, I I love Louisville. Like I had a lot of good friends there. I'm still friends with yes. that I went to school with there. Um, but if I would have stayed at that school, I definitely don't think I'd be playing right now or in the position that I am. Like I needed to make that move to just for myself and for my confidence and getting time on the field. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's actually a, a great story. And so what, at what point in, in your um, college career do you think that you really realized like you could actually become a professional or was it, was it younger? Like you had dreams of doing it or was it more of a, you know, a later thought well, in your college career? I mean, I always had dreams of being a pro. I think, you know, as a kid growing up, like, of course you want to play professional. Like I think that's, yeah, everyone wants that, but I didn't think I, could actually achieve that until I want to say my senior year of college. Um, so actually at, at, at Akron, we really struggled. Like to be real, like we weren't that great of a team. We had good mm-hmm. players, but 
I want to say we just severely underperformed. And I just remember after most games just being so frustrated that we weren't getting the wins that we should have. Um, and I think that's what really fueled me to keep playing um, post-college just because I didn't want to end my soccer career losing. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's un- very understandable, though. Um, but, yeah, so our, our men's team at Akron, I think, you know, most people or most guys know in the game that Akron has been very successful, to, to yes. say the least. But the women's side definitely very. has struggled a lot. Um, but, you know, that struggle is what kind of fueled me to, to keep playing. No, but that's that's very interesting because a lot of times it's the opposite for people, you know. People will – maybe you don't have the the season you wanted and, and a lot of people just get so frustrated that they kind of just kind of just call it quits. Yeah. Or even in the opposite, you know, people – People might be having a really good year, a really good year, and they're like, you know, I feel like I could play professional after that. But it's it's amazing, like, how um, people just keep wanting to play and all through that. So, But realistically, it's it's what amazes me is that you've played in Europe because I hear a lot about guys going to play in Europe. Um, a lot of guys, you know, they want to play not only in Europe, but, you know, anywhere overseas in general. Mm-hmm. But – to see to see what you've done from going to Akron to play overseas and and play professionally that's amazing to me and but let, tell us about the clubs you've played for because this this is amazing to me yeah so I've kind of been been all over a little bit uh, I first yeah. started out in the Czech Republic and that was just a trial situation um, immediately from there I jumped over to Sweden and that's where I signed my first professional contract and and did you did you have an agent that kind of introduced you to all these clubs um, or was it more of like you kind of had to do your own uh, work? It was a combination of both. So with the, with okay. the Czech Republic, that was just, you know, me hustling and, and doing work and trying to, you know, find my way, get my foot in the door somewhere. Um, but with Sweden, that was through, I guess you can call him an agent. Um, but yeah, he, he helped me out with that and got me in contact with that team and that's how that happened um but all from my other experiences is it was just through through me putting in the work and that's yes i don't think many people realize that you know in this game especially on the women's side like you have to hustle for yourself like oh absolutely it's it's people like a lot of players think that it's just gonna happen like magically you know like that coach is going to call you and be like, yo, we saw you play and you're getting signed to Real Madrid. But sorry, guys, that's not always how it works. You know, you have to do a lot of the hard work yourself. And and sometimes you have to be your own agent and put yourself out there. And I mean, agents are really good. And a lot of people have them. A lot of my teammates have them. But um, sometimes it is like Sydney said, it's kind of your own hustle to to um, put yourself out there and, you know, try to create your own career out of everything. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I wish it was just that easy where a coach sees you and they're like, hey, like, (laughs) we want you. Um, And the whole agent situation, like, you know, they're a great extra resource to have. Exactly. You have to to put in the work uh, yourself, for sure. And so from from Sweden, you played in Sweden, and that that was your first professional contract? Yeah, my first real professional contract. Um, You know, did well there, helped the team get uh, promoted into the next division. Uh, the following season, I ended up signing um, with a club in Finland uh, called Oland United. We were at the the top Finnish league there. I actually spent two years there and 
had a great time, learned a lot, did well. Um, and then from there, that's where I ended up signing with Sporting Club de Portugal in, uh, in Lisbon, Portugal. So, Yeah, that's, that's amazing to me uh, to see you signing for Sporting. Um, a lot of people know about that club, I, I think, and that's a pretty big club, isn't it? Yeah, Portugal? yeah, that is one of the the two. So it's Sporting and then Benfica. Those are the the top two clubs in Portugal for the people who aren't familiar with that league. And people who aren't familiar with that with uh, Sporting is is my am I wrong that that is the club that Cristiano? Yeah, yeah, has made so famous, and not only Cristiano. I think Cristiano, Nani, yep. um. A lot of good players coming out of sporting. Yeah, so yeah, it's um that's where they kind of started their their careers and their faces are everywhere in those facilities. Like that was. That's what I was about to ask next. You know, like I feel like down there they must be gods. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of those players down so there. So when I first uh, when I was signing with with Sporting, they um the, my first day there there, I got off the plane and then they they took me to the the stadium where they have this museum and one of the first things yeah. I saw was um was Cristiano on the raw on the wall and in, in his jersey just hanging up there and I thought that was just unreal. That is that's that's amazing. That is amazing. So that's your that's your your uh European experience as you could say which is a lot a lot bigger of an experience than most people I've talked to even a lot of the guys that have you know played yeah. in Europe. Um so I think that's amazing. And now you have made your way back across the pond to the United mm-hmm. States, down uh, up the river to Detroit City. So tell us a bit about how you feel about Detroit City. What were your first initial thoughts or, or um, you know, just, yeah, like what do you think of this, the team so far? I know you guys haven't really jumped into any training sessions, so it's hard to say, but you know, like even just looking at the fans or the, the badge or the colors, what do you think so far? About yeah, it? so my first reaction to the club is just how professional and organized it is and just how uh, passionate the fan base is. I think that's, yes. that's great. Um, you know, Detroit City is not an MLS team or a US, USL team, and they're pulling out huge support and fans, and I'm just like, was blown away by that when I saw that like on social media I'm like that that's incredible uh, to bring in a women's side I would hope that that support carries over um and you know I'm just excited to to be able to get the, up there in I want to say end of June or July and you know, put on the yeah soon and, and finally play yeah absolutely and I think I think a lot of it you know has to do with just the fact that we, we like the city of Detroit itself has just always been looking for mm-hmm. a team and any type of team really to support. Uh, people don't really realize, but Michigan is a massive soccer state and any kid growing up playing soccer in Michigan could tell you the exact same thing. It is huge. And we do the, we do ODP and all these things when we're younger and, and travel to different States and Michigan, most of the time we're blowing all the other teams out of the water mm-hmm. youth wise. So it has a huge youth population of kids that are just looking up to hoping there's some sort of team. And we didn't really have one to start with. So as soon as we had a team and we were drawing a couple thousand people from then, from then on, I feel it was so, so important, like professionalism mm-hmm. in the club because of how many people were watching, you know, uh, like there's other, like there's a lot of MPSL teams and a lot of um, PDL teams that aren't pulling so many, so many fans. And that's one thing you can still be professional, but when you're pulling this many fans, it professionalism is so yeah. important. 
So I think that from then on, like as soon as we were getting so many fans, like it's, it's, it's really important how you carry yourself and things like that. And it's going to be, you know, for you, it will be kind of so natural because of um, your professional experience so far in your career. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for you guys for sure. Definitely seeing how many um, young girls come to our games. And, and I remember even warming up last year. I had, I had no idea we were getting a women's team. And I was warming up basically for um, a game last season. And next thing you know, we have our, a lot of our youth um, girls coming out with the owners and they announced it. And I looked at my teammates. I was like, we're getting a women's team. Like, I, had, I honestly had no idea. But it's, I'm so excited, honestly, to go watch a DCFC game that I don't have to really play in or um, be involved in. It'll be, I think it'll be really cool. And to you Northern Guard people, you guys have to come to the game. Make it as big as possible, just like it's a men's game. It's, honestly, it should be no different. So very excited for that. Um, so – Specifically, is there anything you would like to say to the DCFC fans that uh, want to know more about you specifically, or is there anything you want to tell them that they should look forward to this season? Uh, you know, I just want to say, you know, thank you for your support uh, to this club. I think the um, this club's development has just been unreal over the years. Um, just the team kind of was on my radar a few years ago when I had a friend playing for the, the men's side. Um, I want to say like yes. four years ago. Um, and I just saw how many fans w- were out there. And then it's just like, it's just progressed so much over the years. And I can just see that the club is doing all the, the little things right. And that's what, what matters and in this growth. And I'm just excited to see how this, this women's side is going to grow over the years. And I'm excited to be, to be a part of the inaugural year despite the circumstances of you know coronavirus and and all that right now um but yeah i mean thank you to this club and for this support and if anyone has any questions just feel free to to reach out or just say what's up through social media on you know on instagram i don't have a twitter but Absolutely. What's what's you can go ahead and uh, what's your Instagram name so you know all these all these DCF fans give you a follow because they're gonna get on you about not having a Twitter right really? away. I'm telling you because they love oh they love it they love it they love Twitter and it's it's the easiest way they can contact you and there's a lot of things like just that they will just come at you for on Twitter not bad things but they just game days game if on a game day they will really? blow your phone up just That's telling awesome. you yes just telling you telling you everything they want you to do during the game to back them and stuff. And, and um, yeah, what's your Instagram handle? So everyone can um, give you a follow on that. I'm uh, to at start Sid with. Bloomquist. You can find me there. Um. At Sid Bloomquist, guys, give her a follow. Um, so you have, you have my full support for the team coming forward. You're going to have all of our supports the entire season um, from me all the way through the rest of the team and things like that. So we wish you the best of luck and, Hopefully we get we both get started pretty soon and we can just um, give the DCFC fans something to look forward to, something good to look forward to in 2020. So yeah, let's let's hope for that. So thank you, Sydney, for being uh, in the podcast today. Hopefully we have you back soon. We can get maybe a couple more girls in the women's team to come onto the podcast. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> absolutely, and that will be it for today's episode, guys. Um. Give her a follow on Instagram. We'll, we'll talk to you guys a bit more about um, what's going forward on the podcast. So thank you, Sydney. We'll yeah, speak to you soon. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the RG7 Podcast. Make sure you give us a Twitter follow at RG7 Podcast to stay up to date with what we have coming next for you guys.